water. to episode 3 of uh, Melting Potter in which uh, season 2 <laughs> in which we will dis- be discussing the third chapter of uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets so we will get right to it yep fast cut to the burrow in the midst of creative chaos Molly the domestic goddess reigns supreme or does she Molly and her kids keep hurling taunts and soft insults, or hard insults sometimes, at each other. Ron sighs emphatically, unable to stand up to his mother. After each mildly abusive line, a chorus of pre-recorded audience laughs can be heard. Harry is welcomed in the middle of the quirky family, with everyone being much nicer to him than they are to each other. Uh, This also includes, of course, the girl infatuation bonus. At least one girl being infatuated with him without any effort required. And of course, everyone likes Harry. Ron likes him because uh, he thinks he might be a bit cooler if he associates with a cool friend and no one else was available. Molly likes him because she feels motherly towards the poor uh, abandoned orphan child. Mr. Weasley likes him because he can tell him stuff about the... Muggle world. Muggle world, yes. Ginny likes him because because, uh, he's the only, literally probably the only male he knows who isn't related to her. (laughs) She knows. She knows, knows, yes. Fred and George like him because uh, he seems a little less whiny than their younger brother, but that's because, I guess, because they don't know him too well yet. Yeah, still reasonably (laughs) whiny. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, uh, out of all these people, uh, Arthur's reason for liking Harry is, is the most straightforward and honest yeah. one. I, yeah. I just yes, <laughs> yes, Arthur is an anthropologist. Respect. <laughs> yeah, Arthur is the the dad. Yeah, he's like, oh, tell me more about wall sockets. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, uh, even if uh, Arthur wasn't at home first. He soon comes in riding a full wave of honey, I'm home. <laughs> but of course, he soon succumbs to Harry's fascinating qualities himself. So basically, everyone is fawning around Harry. <laughs> Yay. And we thought this is uh, this chapter is uh, very similar to uh, a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would so watch a sitcom. Of the I'm, burrow. Yeah, of the burrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where everything happens on the couch now at the living room table and a bit uh, in the space between the stairs looking up to see mm-hmm. who is looking down you know just like in the movies <laughs> and, the, and it's the whole thing you you can just see and I think we also get this in the movie uh, uh, Arthur coming in and saying hey I'm home and yeah, kissing Molly on the cheek and then uh, Molly you get a shot of Molly uh, arguing with Fred and George over something yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... yeah. it's like <laughs> we just need three cameras. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Molly. <laughs> speaking of Molly, uh, she is the best person to see this chapter through the eyes of uh, someone. She's the best character for this. And uh, here it goes.
let aside for a moment the fact that I am here trying to keep this whole chaos together under one roof with all of us healthy, well fed and in one piece and with everyone, you know, not forgetting their uh, school books and uh, handing in their projects whenever they're needed before the due date and everything so they don't get expelled or worse. But besides all of that, the older kids now steal their father's flying car. I never should have allowed him to have a flying car in the first place. Why? How? How could I have been convinced to be okay with this? But let alone that, it's not even about the fact that they stole the flying car and exposed themselves to the mother world and they will possibly get in trouble or get their father fired. But they had to do all of this while also bringing home an unannounced guest. I told them a million times, stop bringing people over without letting me know. What if I don't have another clean plate to set on the table? What if we don't have enough food? I need to know in advance about all of these things because otherwise they will just, you know, burden me with another improvising thing which I have to do so everything turns out sweetly. Not that I don't sympathize with the boy, but uh, yeah, these uh, these kids can be so exhausting and I am fed up over and over with sudden changes in my schedule. Is it so hard to for everyone in this family to understand that in order for me to be able to hold things together at the bare minimum in which I'm doing it now, I need to at least have a plan and stick to it, no sudden changes in the plan? Why, why is that so hard to understand? Also, how come they can totally disregard my rules right in front of me and right in front of guests? I, uh, I sometimes think that uh, I should uh, be harder on them, although I'm not sure how. And Arthur doesn't help at all. It feels so lonely. Parenting this bunch of misfits feels so lonely when Arthur just says yes dear and then uh, consorts with them behind my back whenever I turn away and sometimes at the other hand on on the other hand I don't feel like I should be harder on them but I feel guilty every time I lose my temper and yell I wonder if when all of them will be gone away to school or to their own houses if they will remember me doing anything else but preparing food and yelling at them. I really loved your interpretation of Molly, first of all. Uh, but uh, I also want to connect it with uh, what one of our favorite podcasts said recently, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. They had an episode on Molly Weasley. And uh, relating to the fact that she cooks for everybody in the family and that what you said about bringing people over, that he, she has to prepare extra food for everyone. They talked about how during book five, The Order of the Phoenix, she is not only 
part of the order and she fights alongside them on several occasions but she's also the chief logistics logistics officer and the mother of the whole group yeah. remember that scene where she has to comfort tongs mm -hmm. because she is very sad about and heartbroken, and heartbroken about lupin. Uh, lupin and right after that scene just harry shows up casually and like okay guess i'm gonna feed harry now <laughs> uh, hey mrs weasley can you go make me a sandwich <laughs> oh that's kind of <laughs> bad but yes okay. but that's kind of what happens yeah but to be fair she doesn't make everything herself she uses magic I, like yeah but yeah, it's, that's just yeah. like saying you know housewives oh, oh it's not like they made it from scratch like back in my grandmother's true, days true, those true. were real women who but, were working from scratch I, now with the food processors <laughs> and voila, who cares well I, i'm not <laughs> trying to say that i'm just saying that there's a small difference between what we would consider kitchen work and what goes as kitchen work in the magical world I yeah am, because i am uh, empathizing with molly more on the level of the mental load yeah yeah she has a huge mental load thinking about all of this and bringing another guest over is not only about the food it's also about where are we going to let yeah. harry sleep should we prepare extra sheets is uh, the house should clean I, enough yeah should i uh, conceal something in the house with whom i'm not comfortable visitors mm. seeing there's a lot of stuff to consider and yeah. on a last minute Notice. Notice. Yeah. Uh, I think she also uh, uses housework to keep herself from to keep her, her mind from from constantly thinking about what could happen to her family and uh, yeah. what if True. what if somebody will I don't know attack the kids at school or what if you know what she, if somebody she, attacks the girl yeah and she needs she uses or the this, ministry. Yeah, or the ministry. Exactly, works. because uh, she's at home and everybody else in the family is just scattered all around mm -hmm. and they could be in danger. And she, that's her way of keep, keep, yeah, exactly, and keeping busy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, she would probably lose her yeah, mind. Yeah, and imagine that Partly, talk. Like, yes. Imagine, like, Arthur is at work and suddenly he has to go on a raid mm. and that clock suddenly jumps from... Uh, at work to in mortal danger. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a very dramatic but cool clock, by the way. Yeah, but imagine her feelings just looking at the mm. clock constantly when nobody's home, especially. Yeah, exactly, because she's most of the time alone in, in the house. Yeah. Yes, but also I, I get what you're saying, Andrea, but I would refrain from from labeling this as something that she wants to do. It's also necessary. Of course it's point. also necessary, but... I, I mean, let's not f fall into the... Oh, well, you know, they do it because they like it, just like the Not houses. what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But... Uh, I don't think she necessarily likes it, but I think it's a nice and convenient way for her to take her mind off things, basically. Yes, yeah. but there's also, as I said, her main chore is the mental load of handling all mm. of this. I think there's also something to be discussed, his uh, uh, Arthur's... Uh, unwillingness I don't know if he's unwilling but he's incapable 
of really helping her with this. Yeah, I that's think it uh, can, yeah. That can totally harden her up and make her even jumpier. Well, I don't think she asks her. She allows herself the luxury to ask to ask herself whether she likes what she's doing or not. Also, I yes. think she considers it her duty mm. and she does it regardless of her feelings, which is even stronger yeah. and it reminds me of uh, how much she loves her children and how much he loves Harry and uh, that scene um, and um, I think it was in book four or when book they five the, when the they were cleaning house. the black house I yes. know it's harrowing we With will the, get to that yeah, that, 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 yeah. that scene can destroy you in like a few pages yeah. yes and also it's not of, to be fair, it's not like she is constantly overworked and over. She does have her little uh, indulgences and ways to relax from time to time. Like, you know, read a page of uh, each weekly. Uh, read uh, one of uh, the books of uh, Professor uh, <laughs> Lockhart. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think that the, the problem here is not the things she has to do compared to Arthur, let's say. So let's say, the the, this is a typical, we're, we're seeing a typical, uh, in uh, <laughs> quotation, um, a typical family with the, the man who uh, yeah. has a job yeah. and goes yeah. to work every day and the mother stays at home and uh, cleans and cooks and whatever. I don't think the problem is that they have these traditional roles. They can have those if that's what they want to do. I think the exactly. problem is that we don't know, and I think I, I don't think we, we have any clue of, uh, of this in, in the books. Uh, we don't know if Molly actually had other dreams in her life that maybe she wanted to do something else with her life. It's possible. You know, maybe she wanted to work as well. Maybe she wanted to... I think it's mentioned at some point that they decided to start a family and at some point... Uh, it became too hard to take care of the kids, so Molly had to stay at home and do it. I don't. Uh, I that's where I, I, I don't. Because don't there were too many that. kids, and. Uh, but I do know that uh, Molly's brothers were in the Order of the Phoenix, the first one, mm -hmm. yes. and that she lost them. Yeah. To Voldemort's. Acolytes, yeah. So yeah, I think that's the the main problem that we don't actually know exactly if. Maybe she wanted to do something else with her life, basically. And she well, just felt like she had to sacrifice herself over, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think Molly did this knowing full well what she was doing. I don't think she just randomly went with the flow and had six kids or I mean, seven. seven no she, she went with the flow and had kids at first thinking that maybe she could do something else yeah. with her life but then the kids just kept on coming <laughs> probably because uh, if Ron's suspicion are correct he, she wanted a girl, girl and, oh my god that's just <laughs> and also as you said Miriam maybe she was uh, thinking she, she could count more on Arthur than and he then, turned then out to did, be yeah, exactly. in, yeah. in this slight uh, fading out move, you know, which a lot because of men do after fair, a while, you know, just bury themselves more in work and s avoid house-related things. Yeah, and yeah, to be fair... kind of a joke, but yeah. He's yeah. not... He really isn't that 
involved with that. I mean, he has his talks with even with yeah. Harry, which is not part of the fa- he's not part of the family. But you know, he he does have these these moments of yeah. fatherhood <laughs> that we see. But most of what we see of him is. Uh, he comes home from work. Yeah, uh, there's like that. Starts eating whatever she prepares, and uh, then and then I'm getting annoyed now because of what you you were mentioning in your uh, uh, Molly point of view thing. Um, when she asks asks for his support, he's just yeah. like he, he enables them. He yeah. Uh, yeah. it must be very frustrating. It- Clearly yes. is, yeah. I am it's surprised like... it didn't uh, come to domestic violence yet <laughs> on Molly's part. But... but there are a lot of instances when Arthur is shown to be a good parent of and course, is supporting his yeah. husband. Yeah, as I said, but yeah. overall he's not that involved. Overall he's a very typical, stereotypical dad. Like, oh, that kind of guy that's not really involved and is only in it for the fun and part. yeah and he's your buddy he's <laughs> your buddy <laughs> but she's like the police he has, she has to be the bad guy basically, yeah good cop bad cop yeah situation she's also yeah. The, yeah but she's also the nurturer and she's a lot of things not just the bad cop yeah it's it's a complex uh, family given that there are so many members <laughs> she's the part that does the work yeah. Mm. Which would move us very interestingly to our next bit. What would you say to the Weasley family to resolve this unusual conflict that has arisen after the twins and Ron went after Harry? Maybe we should just look at uh, Molly and Fred and George. Because, uh, as you also said... Also Ron. Hmm? Yeah, Ron uh, is very non-confrontational. non-confrontational yeah. But yeah. He is, uh, he's not off the hook because yeah, he he's was still No, part. but he just he doesn't, uh, doesn't engage at, the, at this point. I mean, he doesn't yeah. um, say anything or try to provoke her in any way. Somewhat acknowledges their fault mm. in all of this. And he knows that they did something wrong. The twins know as well, but yeah, everybody just, knows. But yeah. yeah, I think the the first thing I would say to the twins is to stop, stop trying to constantly provoke her yeah. with the most useless things. I mean, and you call yourselves our mother. Yeah, I mean, and and that was that was funny. I have to to admit. Yeah. In that particular instance, but right now the way they just keep trying to, yeah. you know, get a response out of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not, uh, at least if they were trying to prove a point or, you know, they had any reason for doing this, but they don't, they just... They're just pranksters and yeah. they enjoy it. Basically. And I guess they don't take her seriously, which can be a good thing and can be a bad thing. It can be a bad thing because it's extra exhausting for Molly, mm-hmm. but it can be a good thing because it means her deepest worries are not exactly true they don't really perceive her as they're not afraid of her they're not no they're not they don't really take her seriously when she starts yelling at them so that means they know that beyond the yelling she actually loves them and you know it's not really a fight fight but at the same time her tactics are rendered useless if they don't 
true. You know, if they don't, uh, if if true. if they know that she's not gonna, I don't know, actually punish them or harm them in in a way. On the other hand, what exactly is she after? Because making them obtains, feel bad. No, yeah. but she obtains like the behavior consequence she wants to. They will not do such a thing with the car anymore. Or with some other yeah, but they would behavior. they will do other things with other things. I mean, <laughs> no, no, nothing as dangerous. The only mm-hmm. other majorly, majorly thing they do, uh, next is when they uh, they quit school. Her school, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I would say that's pretty major. Yeah. Yes, but at that point, I think the the official opinion in the Weasley family, uh, like Molly's included, mm. was that the regime is so mm. fucked up that. There's nothing to cling to anymore, and yeah. I mean the only boy who remains in school is Percy, and Molly frowns upon that. The entire family. No, no, no. At Percy was point, already out of school. At that point, Paul, Percy yeah. was already in the ministry and helping with the yeah, bad guys. Yeah, no, not in school. I mean, uh, in um, in still striving yeah. to prove himself to the regime and still trying to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The golden he, Percy boy is the only boys. one who remains in good. Uh, relations with the regime even mm. though the regime yeah. is yeah. oppressive and uh, yeah yeah so i don't think molly really is that upset when they quit school true no yeah definitely so besides this thing with the car they won't do anything that i'm pretty sure anymore. i can't remember i'm pretty sure they also did other things in, in the meantime as serious as this no i can't remember right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Ron at least will be positively terrorized and put back in line by, by this. And I mean, they are punished in that they don't get to go to bed and they have to yeah. denom the <laughs> garden. So chores at the chores, dirty yeah. chores, chores here, different chores. But they make it uh, like a game. Yeah, they make they a make game out of it. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, the difference is that over there, Harry had to do the chores himself, yeah. and now he has to do the chores with three other friends, and he doesn't have to do the chores. He doesn't have to, but he wants to, and the, but he, he wants because to. he's so fascinated by everything. And that makes all the difference. <laughs> <laughs> you have to really want to do your chores in order. <laughs> yeah. But it is a bit annoying because it still paints a bad picture of chores, like unless they're magical, you know. They're yeah. And even if they're magical, you will still see the, the twins and Ron complaining about yeah. <laughs> about well, having to do that. Well, it's their house and they're, they're, they've already done this yeah. lots of times. And, and why are they doing it? Because I, I, I looked specifically to see if... Um, if Molly mentions or anyone mentions whether the gnomes are like actively yes. hurting or it's you know or they're just possible that they're pests like because it may it, it made me a bit sad pests. Yeah, it yeah. made me a bit sad that they uh, said that they threw them away so that they couldn't find their home basically and I was like but Whoa. why they still find their home why aren't you but yeah but why are you doing it if they still they're, they're still coming back at some point and they don't actively hurt the garden which I don't think they do because, they don't mention it yeah but maybe they do I'm gonna do some research on garden yeah, gnomes but, but it seems uh, again uh, a matter of uh, abuse towards magical creatures yeah basically yeah yeah I wonder what Newt's commander would have to say about this. 
I was wondering that while rereading the chapter. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to add to the conflict a bit? I think that Molly, despite probably going a bit overboard with that whole saber-toothed tiger look, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think she pretty much handles it perfectly, if I could say that. Like, Uh, she does go a bit overboard, but the methods that she uses are... Okay. I think so too. It's too bad she, that Arthur doesn't support her. She sits them down at the table and uh, gives them breakfast and then makes them deal with their own consequences. Yeah, like, they have to uh, stay awake all day now mm-hmm. after they... Yeah, that's a pretty fair yeah, um, that's, punishment yeah. for what they did. Yeah. And they have to do one chore. Mm. Which is not really a chore. It's more like a game. Yeah. So... Yeah, I agree that... Uh, I guess fair is fair. Yeah. Right here. Handling it. And at the point where uh, Arthur comes home, the punishment's already been uh, administered and they have already done their punishment. So... Mm. But then she gets annoyed uh, again while he's uh, annoyed at Arthur mostly because uh, he has enchanted the car without uh, telling her, basically. Yeah. But and he's it's it's kind of again another thing that annoys me that uh, this is shown as if Arthur is just another one of the kids he has to deal with yes. you know so it's not just the kids Arthur is also like in his garage enchanting muggle things and being yeah. like <laughs> just, yeah poor Molly yeah. at this point. That is another trope, yes, with the woman who has to deal with, but yeah. maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I had uh, two questions, not exactly questions, but two things I wrote down and I wanted your opinion on, basically. Um, the first thing is um, about the burrow because uh, I loved this chapter from Harry's perspective and his awe at everything he saw there and the fact that this is the first time and uh, it will repeat itself over and over uh, in the books the first time when he uh, makes Ron feel better about uh, his life at home basically because Ron is always and has always been ashamed yeah. of this and of uh, um, his parents being poor and, you know. And Harry, the fact that Harry is so excited makes him feel better and Harry says, like, oh, no, everything is brilliant or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what the borough represents. Um, also, maybe um, consider the name, because I think that's also been chosen for a reason yeah, it's, <laughs> the a, it's a very homey exactly name. where because you can nestle and <laughs> everybody yeah everybody burrows <laughs> exactly there. exactly yeah and what it represents to harry compared to what it represents to ron mostly ron and the rest of the yeah. weasley, weasley kids as well well i always love chapters that center on the burrow because it gives you that feeling of uh, family of 
I think Bickering is also part of this. Bickering and brothers and sisters and everybody just throwing throwing insults at each other while Molly is screaming at something and the pots and pans are uh, like cleaning themselves in the background. Like the London studios and the the, the pots were actually cleaning themselves. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It makes you like appreciate a lot more the magical world that uh, J.K. Rowling built. It's just simply very nice and looking at it through Harry's perspective, you realize that Harry's perspective here is our perspective, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And like, also the perspective exactly. of a boy who did not feel like he belongs in any mm. family yeah. and now he finds yeah. a place to call home. It's basically. exactly It's how... his second home after Hogwarts, basically. It's, yeah, yes. it's mostly his first home. <laughs> I would say it's his second home. Yeah. Uh, well, Hogwarts will become very unwelcoming from time to time. At yes. the end, towards the end, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, even like during the years. Yeah, but he still always sees it as. Uh, okay. Yeah, the the place where he's safe and yeah. where he has friends well, and you know. The problem. <laughs> the problem with Hogwarts is that it's not just Harry that sees that place as home. Mm. It's also Voldemort that sees that yeah. place its home. Like well, they are connected. <laughs> they are connected, but remember, and symmetrical rem- in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and remember that most of the things Voldemort does and wants to do are centered around Hogwarts. His Horcruxes are yeah the four uh, symbols of the four houses. Yeah, and Hogwarts. Dumbledore actually mentions. The fact that, um, does he mention that? <laughs> or am I just reading? <laughs> yeah, uh, he. I think he mentions that um, they're very similar in that way, yeah. particularly in the fact that they were both abandoned, uh, abandoned orphans uh, who found uh, a first home, basically yeah, in Hogwarts. Uh, yeah. And that yeah. they uh, have a much deeper connection to it than most of the other students. Yes. Yeah. And it also like. That, that's the problem with Hogwarts, I was saying. People, different people see it as home. And that alters the way they, they look at it as a home. Like, because Harry sees it as a home, but when he learns that Voldemort sees it as a home, his yeah. home is no longer safe. Mm. So, the borough, by contrast, is somewhere where he'll always be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until they come and burn it down. Well, that's a different matter altogether. Yeah. At that problem, at that point, Harry is the one that is the problem, unfortunately. Oh my God! I know. Don't call him a problem. No, that, but but everywhere he goes, bad things follow because he sounds sound like Vernon. He is the un, he, he's the undesirable person number one at yeah. that point. And everybody is looking out for him. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and that's basically what he danger. feels, actually. That's what he feels. He, he, that's what, why yeah. he wants to leave, because yeah. he knows that he's putting everybody in danger. Yeah, it's completely justified. But, yes, going back to the, the main point, um, how does this uh, contrast what Ron's experience of the borough is, for example? Because we know that... First of all, first of all, we know that Ron is, as I said, ashamed, yeah. and he doesn't. 
yes. he doesn't necessarily realize at least not when he's young mm-hmm. uh, that he's actually lucky yes yeah. and i think harry makes him realize mm-hmm. that and check his privilege exactly exactly yeah, well, yeah ron puts his home at the borough in contrast with other homes in the wizarding world yeah. homes that maybe can afford to have one or two house elves mm-hmm. yeah. whereas they can only make do with the garden gnomes <laughs> and uh, having harry there seeing the burrow through his eyes makes uh, him reappreciate the familiarity of home Yes, and the beauty of simple things yeah, a bit. Because and it had become mundane to Ron. Yes, and it's not just that, but his, um, I don't know, disgruntled attitude towards family as well. Mm-hmm. Because he feels yeah. that, you know, he's the child least loved or something like that. And it's definitely all in his head. I mean, his parents love him. And I think also comparing himself to Harry helps him realize mm-hmm. that a bit more because he sees in Harry what it actually means to live with family that really doesn't love you and and I think we discussed this in, in the previous season as well yeah but uh, as much as it's obvious that his parents love him and particularly Molly because we don't get that much of him and Arthur interacting um, it it does it is a bit annoying. I can understand how he would be annoyed uh, at the extreme difference between how uh, Molly treats him and how Molly treats Harry. Yeah. Because yes, but Molly is uncharacteristically... Guest. He's a guest, but come on. She does exaggerate a bit. She does exaggerate. And not even, not even when he's a guest at her... In her, let's say he's a guest at the borough and whatever, but not even then, like all the time. She feels sorry for the poor orphan yeah, kid. Basically. Yeah, basically, and I, I, I can understand and how Ron, that would, yeah, would feel, you know. Yeah, and she overcompensates, and she intentionally tries to treat Harry as more than mm-hmm. one of her own. Yeah. yeah, as friendly and welcoming as yeah. possible. Yeah, to and compensate you can... for the lack of love and mm-hmm. motherly support he had. Yeah. And you can imagine how hurt she is when she doesn't receive that love back when Harry meets Sirius and starts taking Sirius aside over hers. Jesus yeah, that's so yes. yeah. I will have lots of things to say at that point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, my second thing, question. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk a bit about Arthur... And we talked about him as a father, now I want to talk about him regarding his work and what he's doing at home. <laughs> because I know that he would never intentionally do something that would hurt someone else. But the fact that Molly mentions that he writes laws with certain loopholes in them, just so that he can go home and... Try to try to enchant, his. yeah, whatever muggle objects. Uh, it's wrong on so many levels. Yeah, that's... And my problem with it is that we don't ever get to see him suffer any consequences. <laughs> and I'm wondering if this is just because the book the books try to justify this 
uh, saying that uh, oh you know this is Mr. Weasley he's a good guy if it were the Malfoys everybody would lose their damn mind <laughs> you know yeah well it is true that he's not pursuing any kind of secondary purpose he's just he's not, that we're talking because... about laws here and the loopholes that he found he writes into the laws could be exploited exploited by by other people for different purposes you know yeah and i think this is just skimmed over so quickly without any sort of acknowledgement that this is actually uh, yeah, wrong yeah i think it's just part of the character sheet you know it's just part of uh, helping us uh, realize just how much he is fascinated with muggles it's not meant to <laughs> so have fun. any kind of yeah, yeah. look he's so passionate haha <laughs> It bothers me that he doesn't uh, suffer any consequences. Yeah, he should this. be held yeah. accountable, but by whom? Dumbledore? By Dumbledore, Maybe. but Dumbledore is not the minister. And also the fact that, again, the, 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 the things that Molly says, really, she says that if he were to do a raid at his home, he would yeah. have to like I, I go to jail. I don't think she says that. I think and? it's the twins that say that, one of them. Oh, I, I, I thought it was Molly, but yeah. So, this yeah. uh, this is this is uh, this is wrong on on many levels. Yeah, well, grounds for his firing, but there's nobody, no no reasonable authority there to inspect his work and fire him. And In order for this to be sort of a lesson, I would have liked um, just something like what we were saying earlier. Somebody using that loophole and doing something with with so we can with see consequences. exactly yeah. and yeah. then maybe he would change his perspective a bit on this it's interesting that from what we know yeah, in I the books too. the ministry of magic is a very uh, old institution and it has been established for millennia i think mm. and if not i have i don't know if it's millennia but clearly centuries and you'd think that by this point they would have passed laws that reasonably do not allow such kind of loopholes in the laws. But if he's writing the laws, but then... If he, no, no, no. Like, you, you'd think there would have been already laws in mm. place that would prevent this. That's what I'm saying. But at the same time, as we notice throughout these books, the ministry... It's a very on its own intricate bureaucracy. Yeah, it, it, not only is it too bureaucratic, its laws are very strict in some respects that don't necessarily justify yeah. that strictness, and very lax in some other respects. So, yeah, it's an institute of dysfunction, yeah, I guess. Let's not just idealize it just because it's magic. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's probably one of the main reasons why Dumbledore doesn't want to be mm. Minister I of mean, Magic. I ju mean, just look at how the, the British ministries are working today, you know? <laughs> no, wait, they're working? <laughs> I don't think they're working. <laughs> like, and, you know, you won't be surprised by the fact that the Ministry of Magic has some pretty high inconsistencies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably where J.K. Rowling drew inspiration from. Probably. So it makes sense. 
Yes. Okay. Not that other countries have more competent ministries. We would not. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. No. Far from it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks all. See you all next time. Bye. 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 Melting Potter podcast is hosted by Andrea Voicu, Bogdan Minuts, and Miriam Cihodariu. Our producer is Miriam Cihodariu. Music and sound editing by Bogdan Minuts. And social media by Andrea Voicu. We're on Facebook at Melting Potter, on Instagram at Melting underscore Potter underscore podcast, and you can email us at meltingpotterpodcast at gmail.com. If you have thoughts, comments, feedback, or just want to say hi, you know where to find us. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Okay. Thanks. Bye.